For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Uh, Glenn is out this week, I'm filling in. I'm joined as always by Justin Labar. Justin, how's it going? Very good, very good. Good Wednesday night of wrestling. Yeah, and also uh, Mr. Matt Morgan. How are you doing, Matt? Good, what's up? Uh, so two shows to get into, both pretty strong, I thought. Um, AEW Dynamite featuring Chris Jericho uh, versus Orange Cassidy, NXT, which was highlighted by the triple threat with the winner going on to qualify for the NXT North American title ladder match at TakeOver with Kushida and Cameron Grimes and the returning Velveteen Dream. Uh, real quick, Matt, your thoughts on both shows? I found that main event incredibly disbelievable. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be a hater. It wasn't good. How do I say that, right? The Chris Jericho match with AEW is what I'm talking on specifically. I'm a huge Orange Cassidy, Mark. I, I just... This doesn't work for me. I don't know how to say it any other way. Uh, it wasn't. It, it wasn't underwhelming. I, I thought, in general, uh, some. I guess with both shows, as the night went on, I found myself getting a little more disinterested and in, in satisfied with both shows. But yeah, that main event, it, it just it didn't feel like a main event. It felt like okay, we've we've already kind of squeezed all we need to get out of Orange Cassidy and Jericho. Pun intended. The, the rest of AEW I thought was incredible, just for the record. I thought it was awesome. I just did not like that main event, and it really was frustrating that they ended it the way they ended it. And it's the problem with Orange Cassidy. I can't believe I'm hating on Orange Cassidy, but I don't like it. Underwhelming finish of the roll-up, which they barely got off in that match. It doesn't look right. I don't know how to explain it any other way. It does not look right. Any of yeah. it. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Orange Cassidy as well, but in that top spot, it's yeah I'm 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 kind of with you it just doesn't uh it doesn't work for me. Um I if he's underneath working with you know other guys I think that's great but yeah yeah in the main event it just doesn't work. Uh Nelson The rest Mar of the Manolo. show the rest of the show was amazing. I loved the whole show besides that. Sorry. Yeah. Nelson Moreno, Moreno with the dollar 99 super chat saying dynamite was fire and Justin Lopez bringing up that the roll up spot looked botched too. So yeah that's the the dragon screw, uh, the dragon screw, uh, a leg uh, drag essentially. Chris kept back bumping, and I don't know why. Maybe he was hurt. I don't know, but for shoot, uh, Muda gave me one. I'd never taken one in my career until, I, for some reason, I was with uh, uh, All Japan Wrestling. And when the guy grabs your leg and goes to, it's very simple to roll with it and go with the momentum in which they're drag. It's like an arm drag, but on your leg. And Cassidy did it three times to Chris. And Chris back bumped all three times. So I, I was wondering if he, maybe he hurt himself. The announcers covered for him. But I wonder if Chris got injured out there. I wonder if he hurt his knee tonight. Hmm. It was very awkward. All right. Well, um, I'll start off with Dynamite. Then Justin will take over for NXT. But the show opened up. The Young Bucks versus the Dark Order. Grayson and Evil, Evil Uno. I will say this. Uh, with the Dark Order, I don't like the gimmick. But these are two of the best guys, and and they are a great tag team. Great, they are. Evil Uno. They are. Evil Uno's losing weight. He's losing weight, by the way. We've got to point that out. I think he's, you know, trying to make the most of his minutes. That He had a huge layoff, and when they brought him back, he looked like he's been in better shape. Even on being the Elite Series, he's very, very engaging. Um, I'm happy for the guy, because he's somebody I used to crap on pretty religiously on here. And, uh, I like to be proven wrong. He's done a good job. Yeah, he's gotten he's gotten in good shape, and you know, to your to your point of him on being the elite, I just find him. If you're a funny guy, should you be in this cult? You know, the, oh. a cult gimmick. <laughs> because we've given up on the whole gimmick. I, I I like to say we all have. So when I see them being funny, especially like John Silver, I pop for it because yeah. it's better than what it was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Uno does look better, as Matt's pointed out. It, it, it's odd, Uno's movement, like because it started out where it seemed like he was the leader of this Dark Order thing, and then all of a sudden it was, no, we're waiting for the higher power, and then it's like now he's meshed in with the rest of them. Um, 
but you know it, it was in better shape kept up with the young bucks pretty well i mean this was i mean it's hard to have a bad tag match with the young bucks um so you know good opener they're, they're a good tag team i like it this is two good tag teams out of the dark order i will argue back-to-back weeks yeah uh the finish saw uh grayson bring matt to the stage and uh he told the rest of the dark order to block the tunnel Grayson Nuno went for fatality on Nick Jackson, who rolled up Uno for the one, two, three uh, before Grayson can pick it, break it up. So the Young Bucks win by a pinfall. This was a tag team appreciation night that FTR had set up uh, a few weeks ago. Now they had said, didn't FTR <coughs> say that uh, one of the one of their demands was that they'd have a tag rope? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Very and, clearly. Yeah, they didn't have it tonight. And they did have it on the AEW Women's Tournament uh, this past Monday, so hmm. maybe they did. I guess maybe they just didn't like it. That's interesting. You know what? I should have noticed that, and I didn't. Well, it, but if you have a tag rope, then you have to use it, or you have to enforce. And maybe, maybe they just found just the style of the tag team wrestling in AEW that it was going to be hard to actually enforce or even have. So they just said, "Let's just get rid of it." For I mean, I don't know, because because the fact that they did have it, and it's not like they're it's all the same setup, same right. place, same ring, same building. It's not like they couldn't find, you know, yeah, like rope was hard to find or something. Right. Right. <laughs> so backstage, we saw Wardlow bringing out MJF, and uh, MJF uh, shoves one of his campaign guys to the side. Uh, they announced that Karushita was going to be in action tonight and uh, that John Moxley would be appearing live. Uh, so anyway, we went to this MJF promo. Uh, so MJF said that he's currently beating moxley 500,000 to minus a thousand minus a thousand percent <laughs> in the polling numbers uh he laid down he kept you know kept calling him dictator john uh said uh let's see what he said the company deserves quality leadership and moxley might be a great great wrestler but he's no leader he, he called moxley a rabid dog and he said that it's time for moxley to fork the keys over to someone who's better than him moxley's music hit uh, so MJF then sent everyone out to the, you know, the, the entrances of the, the stands. And so Moxley then comes through the entrance, lays him out, uh, and then cut a promo, a pretty strong promo saying that, uh, he, that he was going to get revenge on Moxley at, at, uh, all out. <laughs> so, uh, this, this was good. This was good. This was another very good fire promo. Again. Yeah, but by both parties. MGF did his part, and then Moxley with his, and a nice touch. You know, this, this is the first time we've ever seen Moxley come from the entranceway, I believe, since uh, being associated with AEW. So it's a nice little touch to use that now, to fake him out, to, to get Warlow and everybody else out of the ring so so Moxley can get in there with MGF. And uh, I don't know, it's a funny little thing. Moxley goes back to the... I don't even know if they have a name for it, but their gorilla position. And it's kind of funny. You can see Tony Khan in the background kind of with his facial expressions kind of selling the, uh, uh, selling the Moxley promo. So a little, little nugget Dork. there. <laughs> Who, me or him? Him. <laughs> I had to clarify. <laughs> um, MJF, man, I mean, he's one of my favorite promos in the business right now. I, I didn't think this was his best promo in AEW, but it was still, it was still strong. I thought Moxley was really good. So, um, you know, kudos to AEW for putting you know one of their kind of homegrown talents, more or less, uh, in in the main event of a pay per view. Yeah. Uh, NYC Demon Diva saying AEW women are like John Cena. You can't see them. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Um, and then Nelson Moreno, Moreno trying to take us off topic here already. Four ninety nine. Sorry to be off topic. Matt, would you join AEW or WWE for a comeback title run? Title run? WWE, it's more money. <laughs> what kind of question is that? But where my heart would be, where I'd rather be, have like control of my character, for sure AEW. Matt, I still think it's a layup. They're in Florida and they're doing this election gimmick with MJF. It's a layup to get you involved. Set it up somehow. Okay. That would be. That is an easy one. Dude, I'm not busting my ass every day. You guys have figured a way to set this up. I'll do it. Yeah. If I set it up, if I set it up, can I get ten percent of the pay? Sure. All right. <laughs> so there was a backstage promo uh, with Matt Hardy. Uh, they showed Sammy Guevara throwing that chair into Matt Hardy's head, busting him open. He needed thirteen stitches. They said that he'll need to take ten days off, which is very um, 
exact number and that's because the next dynamite will be uh, not next wednesday but a week from saturday so it's going to be going head to head or it's going to be on the same day as nxt takeover and depending on if the playoffs go late which it shouldn't go that late uh they shouldn't be head to head um and it'll be a weird head-to-head if it was, even so, because you have Dynamite that's on cable, but NXT right. that's on you know a streaming platform. So right, yeah. So you, I mean, you wouldn't expect NXT to hurt Dynamite as much as it does, you know, on a given week. But at the same time, Dynamite's on a, on an odd night. So um, anyway, Matt cut a promo. He said that ten days is a perf- is perfect timing. Uh, he said he's not going to wait until then. He's going to hang around to end Sammy. Then he saw he saw someone wearing the jacket that Sammy usually wears. So he just took him and beat the crap out of him, threw him into a garage door and kept slamming his head into it. And it turned out it was one of the referees. So <laughs> Nothing. I got nothing for that. <laughs> but, it, I mean, it's, I mean, look, it, obviously what happened was a, was a complete shoot. It was an accident. Sammy using the wrong chair last week. And they're taking and running with it. They're, I mean, the, the, the blood, you know, the red adds the green, right? So they're taking, they're running with it. Um, <clears throat> Matt, Matt's running with it on social media about just ripping Sammy and, 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 and safety. And so... Uh, I, I'm that's good. It's kind of added a little something. You know, I'm not good that Matt legit got hurt and last week, but it's kind of good that it's added in a whole other layer of, of emotion to this 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 feud here. I just want to reiterate: you're talking. They're they're literally saying they're talking about safety in professional wrestling, where <laughs> another man's trying to harm another man. Just want to point that out. But throwing a chair to somebody's head. <laughs> hey, he wanted to win. He wants to beat him up. This isn't ballet. You're what's right, the, Matt. What's the, what's the hardest you've been hit with a chair, Matt? Bob, go watch it. Bob Holly. It's me, Nathan Jones with a he- headshot, and then me right after. Seriously, why? It's pretty crazy. My head went right through the damn chair. Did you <laughs> were you like knocked out on your feet or anything, or you were still yeah, okay? I, I felt fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so after that, we had uh, Cody with Arn Anderson, Brandy Rhodes, and and everyone else. The rest of the Nightmare Factory uh, versus Scorpio Sky. Cody had his new belt, so his belt is now complete. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, if this was WWE, people would be killing this, by the way, about the belt. <laughs> Just pointing that out. Oh, yeah. Well, and, right? and, and I'll get to something here in a minute. Uh, so they had a really good match. Um, yeah, this match was sweet. I, this is one of my favorites of the night, actually. I love Scorpio Sky. This, yeah, this actually might have been my favorite of the night. Um, but the end saw, uh, Cody hit Scorpio sky, uh, with the crossroads, but he only got a two count, you know, you got your shock face and then sky went to the apron, went, went to hit a slingshot cutter, but Cody hit crossroads again, covered one, two, three, Cody wins. One, two, three, four. uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they botched the count. (laughs) One, two, three, four, right. Four Bundy style. Um, I was hoping, uh, first of all, this was a great match. Cody retains. After, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, this was a great match. I really was hoping, though, this was uh, Scorpio's opportunity to win this title. I really was hoping that's what was going to happen. Yeah, you know, I've been critical of the of the Cody matches in the recent weeks when it's with people that are outside of AEW and and, and they take them the distance. So, but I, so I'm glad they at least did that that did that with Scorpio, a guy that's there who actually think his record was like seven and one going in. So he's a guy that should, you know, get you know, a lengthy match like this, you know, trying to beat Cody. So I like but, that. And let's not go also over the big, maybe the biggest part of this, Mike Chioda, after 30 plus yeah. years in WWE, Mike Chioda refing this match for AEW. What Matt, that's a bit 30 years. And then to go to another wrestling company, you know, Hall and Nash weren't with WWE for 30 years when they showed up in WCW. Nobody is. A, this oh is, my God. Let's calm down. It's a referee folks. Let's settle. <laughs> they need a veteran referee that knows how to ref on TV. The refs are hard. Are, well, not horrible, that's but true. It, it absolutely helps them. But it's a big like, deal. The fact that that's your first second talking point about this match. Because nobody had brought it up. Nobody had brought it up. I didn't want to I should not have brought bring it up. It up. Hashtag yeah. Mizark. Um, <laughs> Who cares? Nobody cares. Nobody should, nobody should care about a referee. I'm just pointing that out. They're not supposed to be noticed. Um, but, yes, I get what you're saying. Personally, I'm sure we're happy for him that he has a job because he's a good dude. Um, but besides that, I, I, I thought this was set up for the taking. I really did. I thought this was set up for Scorpio Sky to win. Because what you just said, Justin, and I've got more to get to, but, like, all these other nobodies that don't rest, not nobodies, but, non-AEW contract of talents, take them to the limit, 
and then their own, I would argue, most athletic, one of their very top baby faces maybe in the future, whatever you want to call Scorpio Sky, does the same thing. It doesn't mean as much because these other, I don't want to say nobodies, but outside entities took that, took Cody the same distance. I really felt they missed an opportunity. They should have went with Scorpio on this. Cody Rhodes does not need a freaking title. He's Cody Rhodes. Yeah, but it is good that they're building the title up to so when someone does beat him, it, it means something as opposed to, you know, when you have those title reigns where someone yeah. loses and it doesn't make the next guy. So Let me ask you this. Did Chris Jericho did a great job, the best job I'll argue anybody in that company could have done for being that first champion for that company? Is John Moxley doing anything with that? Time? I mean, Moxley's been doing good, but do you, do you get a champion vibe from him? I don't. Uh, he, do you know, he doesn't do you know come I mean across like a larger-than-life superstar, if that's what you mean, no. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I'm probably explaining it wrong, but, like, I I don't think they should have ever taken the belt off Jericho. But, I, yeah. I wonder if it would be different if crowds were there. Because Moxley, you know, getting that's, the big pops. and That's you know. a good point, actually. This is all, yeah, that's a very good point. Who knows how the fans would be reacting to all of any of this. That's a good point. Right. But, very, but you know, but they... You know, they obviously could be going the, crazy for all we know. You're right. Yeah, but but I think when they lost the fans, maybe they should have called the audible and not took it off Jericho and, and kept it on uh, because I, I I kind of agree. Like Moxley and I, I'm a fan of of Moxley, but I, he does. Right. I, I feel right. like I feel like Jericho felt like a bigger deal with that world title and made the world title feel like a bigger deal. Yeah, um, but they had the fans when he lost it. If you remember when uh, Moxley beat Jericho, that was uh, with fans. That was at the okay. February pay per view. Oh well, okay. My mistake. Wow, February. Yeah, it seems seems like a, seems like a lifetime ago. No, no kidding. Um, Arian Gomez is asking: Isn't this the second time that uh, Scorpio Sky fought Cody for the TNT? No, belt? no, he fought no. Jericho for the AEW World Title. That was a great match, and that's why I thought I don't know. I thought he should be at this level uh, as Scorpio Sky. Yeah. Uh, so they cut backstage. Brody Lee's holding the old TNT championship. He shows up on the big screen and says that on Saturday, August 22nd, something big is coming. TikTok, time, your time is up. Uh, he says uh, some other members of the elite have been taken out, and now it's time for him to put down Cody. He says he's going to take the Cody, the title out of Cody's hands and give him back the old incomplete title. So it's kind of like they're copying, kind of ripping off Karrion Cross's catchphrase here. And then also ripping off the MVP Apollo Crews angle they, they just did with the old belt and the new belt and the heel, you know, having the old belt. Um, I mean, well, in, in this case, the heel having the new belt. It's obviously it's not exactly the same. Nothing's ever going to be. But it's similar enough to where I wouldn't do it. And why, why would Cody care about getting the old belt back? That's what I was wondering. It's, it's, I don't know. I got nothing for you other than it's the threat that he's going to take the new belt from him, maybe. I don't know. Right. Like, at least WWE did it right on that regard. At least it was MVP who had the brand-new title belt that was there, and, and, and Apollo needed to get what was rightfully his. Get it. Yeah. Yeah, but why Yeah, why would Cody well, – what, is Cody building a museum of AEW and all of a sudden Brody's you know, hijacked <laughs> the – you know, uh, and, and, to the, and let's go to the booking question. I mean, we've talked about it on here. Raj, I know you haven't been on necessarily with all the conversations, but, like, we've talked about how, like – They've done a disservice to guys like Brody and some of the other big names lose like bigger in stature. Big guys, yeah. Yeah, so big I mean, like guys all have done the job. Which yeah, I mean, so have. like, do you th- do you think they'll have Cody go? Do you- is this the one who finally takes the title from Cody? It being Brody, he doesn't need it. But like, do you want to have Brody get beat again? Is what I'm saying. Yikes! No, that's what I'm asking. I mean. Yeah, I mean, basically Cody, I'm sure Cody's winning. So he's yeah, beaten Lance Archer, he's beaten Brody Lee, and he's beaten Brian Cage. Oh, no, Brian Cage was John Moxley. Um, but Beat Wardlow. Wardlow, yeah. So you've kind of just taken some of the steam off of these big monsters, the, the, the few yep. big guys that you have. Yeah. No bueno. Yeah. Um, so anyway... Um, so then we went to Hangman Page and Kenny Omega versus Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Uh, they had Marco Stunt with them. Um, a- another good match. I thought here and there it got it was a little a little off, but uh, it wasn't their best match. But I thought it was uh, really good. Hangman Page and Omega getting getting the pinfall after the last call uh, on Jungle Boy. So um, 
I feel like they've done this match a bunch of times, but I guess because they've been in six man tags and things like that, they they yeah haven't. they've done this yeah six man. This was a good tag match. I I enjoyed it, but there was a couple. I mean, super nitpicky here because all four guys are freaking ridiculously good. Um, this was it was a good match though overall, but there was a couple spots in there in which was kind of lagging. But uh, overall, I love this match. I, I enjoyed it. Your thoughts, Justin? Yeah, uh, meh, okay for me. But yeah, kind of the same thing. It's, we, I feel like I've seen it, and, and I know it's been different combinations. But I just had real no reason to get excited enough for this. So. Yeah, um, Luchasaurus needs to start protecting his size a little bit. Every once in a while, he's just not doing it at all, and it's getting bad. Two weeks ago, I watched him handstand flip through a double clothesline attempt from Chris Jericho and his tag partner. I think it was Sammy Guevara or somebody. He's six foot seven. Like it's virtually, no, it's physically impossible to do a handstand on your fists at six foot seven. And somehow like the guy's clotheslines had to go like this. You can see my hand over it. Do you know what I mean? It, it looks ridiculous. It's getting out of hand. He's, I get, he could do cool stuff. He's one of my favorite guys on the show. In fact, you guys asked me anybody I could work or would I work, I said him because I like how athletic he is. But, like, he's got to start protecting his size a little bit here. Because this- why, why would you want to wrestle like these other guys? Why would you want to wrestle like them all? You have something that's different and a gimmick on top of it. Oh, Matt, I agree with you, but just to play devil's advocate, or maybe why is it because of the name Lucha Source? He's 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 in the he's sure. in the he's in the and the- guess where his lucha comes in top rope crap, his kicks, stuff like that. Doesn't mean he needs to be coming off his feet like the rest of these. Fair enough. Short people. <laughs> there was this one spot in the match where, like, Jungle Boy was on Luchasaurus's uh, shoulders or almost on his shoulders, and Jungle uh, Luchasaurus walked forward, and Jungle Boy jumped off, and the guy, his heels like hit Luchasaurus's like ears. It was it was a weird spot. I don't know if you remember that. Yes. Yeah. I, what were they doing there? I it, I don't know if something was mistimed or. It was. It looked like he slipped, honestly. It looked like the old uh, Big Sal spot with little Guido is what they were attempting. Mm. And he just slipped, it looked like. Yeah, uh, yeah it was weird. <laughs> uh, Z Rivera with the $5 Super Chat saying, Y2J got the title notice due to going viral with the bubbly and the lost title. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, <laughs> the lost title wasn't on purpose. <laughs> yeah, was but he did, he did take it to another level after that. Uh, social media helped elevate the title. I always forget that Mox is champ. Seriously, me too. Well, and I guess Mox too is champion. There was a there was an extended period of time, you know, in the earlier part of this pandemic where he wasn't on because he just physically wasn't there. So that didn't that's, help. That's true. And his promos have been fire. Like I'm not taking anything away from him. His promos have been absolute money. Like honestly, same with his match with uh, Darby just last week, right? I just again. We're talking about the very first champion of your company. Uh, you just got done saying earlier, Raj, you know, you want these titles to mean more. So these people should have them for a longer period of time and really, really build it up. So when someone beats that person, it means more. You're right. Um, I just don't think that John Moxley needed it. That's all. Yeah. And I think his also his attire or something, he just, I don't know. I think he needs to. He doesn't look like a main event, like a, a larger than life star out there, and I, I just think something needs to change. But his promos are it. his promos are money, and his matches are, are super strong. His first night, he did his right. first night. That was the biggest I've ever seen him look mm-hmm. physically, and I'll argue virtually, like as far as larger than life superstar. That night when he came in, that dude, I was like, holy crap, he's like Stone Cold. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Like that was the reaction I felt watching him debut. On AEW, remember how hot that was? Yeah, yeah. So they had a backstage segment where Santana and Ortiz took the best friends' luggage, emptied them out in the showers, and, and dumped a bunch of bleach on them. Ah, and... <laughs> good one, guys. <laughs> and uh, then, for whatever reason, they turned on the the shower, and the shower head was pointing away from the luggage, so it was just wasting water. So I don't know if the wasting water was a a sign of destruction good thing glenn's not hosting glenn would have given us a psa about water waste <laughs> yes <laughs> that was a drizzling shits for a segment just pointing that out yeah i didn't like that 
And uh, up next, we had the FTR and the Young Bucks hosting Tag Team Appreciation Night. You had Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, the Rock and Roll Express in there. Uh, so right off the bat, I'm, I'm super excited about this. And then uh, the Bucks were putting the Rock and, Rock and Roll Express over. Uh, FTR were thanking Arn and Tully. Ricky Morton took the mic. It, it wasn't the best. He, he, I think he was saying that FTR had amazing chemistry and the Young Bucks have done amazing things. Arn took the mic, putting the Young Bucks over, said that FTR is the best tag team in the world. And Tully, for whatever reason, took the mic. He said that Tom Brady is the best because he's got rings. This just I felt like this was starting to get off the rails. Um, he said that those in wrestling can talk about being the best when they have titles, and neither team have that tonight. Um, that was good. Sudden, I like that really? part. They're, yeah. saying, they're saying you guys calling yourself the best. You're not the champs. Where do you get off calling yourself the best? Yeah. Yeah, it, it just seemed kind of forced. I, I don't know. Um, then Sean Spears came out. Uh, Arn left to the back when he saw it. He, he figured there was a setup coming. Uh, then Sean Spears started. Uh, let's see what happened here. Oh, yeah. Tully, Ricky Morton popped Tully in the face. They started shoving each other. And then I believe, was it Dax Harwood um, that started oh, selling it, that acted like he hurt his knee? Yeah, FTR and the Bucks and everybody were trying to set up the, the 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 older generation in the process. Dax like looked like he like made it look like he misstepped and that his knee, which had a brace on it from the week prior, the drop to the ground was acting like his knee was was messed up. So and while they were in the ring, the Bucks were outside, um, and then the Rock and Roll Express were still inside, and then FTR took Harwood's brace and then attacked the Rock and Roll Express out of nowhere. And then they spike pile drove Ricky Morton. <laughs> Who was, sold uh, it like a champ. Yeah. He's 60-something years old. He sold it like a champ. Yeah. So I'm not, I don't think AEW was copying WWE here. But this week we had Ric Flair punted and uh, Ricky Morton spiked pile drove. But, uh, yeah, to be fair to AEW, they called it. They said this was going to be tag team appreciation week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah like I said, yeah. I don't think they were copying. I think it's a coincidence. So we knew but. they were going to be there. Um, this was awesome. I enjoyed this segment. I did too. At first, I thought this was everybody just kissing each other's ass, putting everybody over. And then, yeah, I thought, okay, it's going off the rails. Tully's doing a forced heel promo. But then it all makes sense. They needed they needed to create some friction between Tully and other people to get the, everybody distracted with that. Uh, you know, I'm glad I'm glad they're playing off. You know, said this last week. Glad they're you know with Dax getting injured and and it gave reason now for there to potentially be tension between them and the Bucks. I thought this was great when it all got said and done. This felt so picture perfect. A, a tag team appreciation night. Old school generation right there, finally turning on the Bucks, which everybody was waiting for. This is something that, that you know, in real life, I could have seen the Bucks months ago texting FTR saying, we'll have the old generation in there, we'll put everybody over, and you guys get to turn on us there. Like, I could see this being something that's a pitch that's so appealing to FTR, being that they're such wrestling tag team, you know, uh, fans of it. Um, I like this. I, this, was, this, was, this maybe might have been my favorite segment of, of all of Dynamite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, I thought it was it got a little rough in there for a little bit, but then it all made sense, and and then the ending was awesome. So it's very effective. FTR out there cutting promos in the ring, stuff they didn't get to do in WWE. So you know, it's it's good to see them finally being able to showcase their their talent. Uh, up next in the back, you had Alex Marvez talking to Mike Kyoto. Chris Jericho showed up. Uh, he basically said that he saved Kyoto's job 18 years ago, and that basically asked Kyoto to help him out tonight, and if he does, he'll get a job with AEW. So apparently saying Mike Kyoto is not quite yet hired. So we'll follow this Mike Kyoto story for, for Matt Morgan here. Uh, if you didn't end it with that, I was going to call you the same thing as Rip. <laughs> I, I, th- I think I should text Matt every update and story on Wrestling Inc. we have of it. Because he has nothing to do during the days. He's waiting for me to text him. Updates on Mike Kyoto. Matt's Kyoto's out campaigning getting this. <laughs> so, Kyoto I update love, number six. I love Kyoto for the record. I just, yeah. Uh, so they, give the, they gave the women about three minutes here with Hikaru Shida versus Heather Monroe. It's a non-title match. Uh, really quick. Uh, uh, Hikaru Shida suplexed Monroe into the corner. Forearmed her to the face, went for the Falcon Arrow, got a counter. Shida stretched out Monroe and forced her to tap out. So Hikaru Shida winning by submission. This was the only women's segment on the show. I bet Glenn would be going nuts if he was hosting tonight. 
But of course he would. Um, this was designed as far as this. I'm not, as far as what it was designed to do. Your champion got over, went over strong. I have no problem with that. Um, should there have been more, you know, women segments on? Depends on where these women were in their storylines. Do you know what I mean? There's so much that's been put out in the. Uh, I've been watching the women's uh, tag team tournament. I think it's pretty damn good, actually. I've enjoyed that. Yeah, it's it's kind of a catch twenty two right now where they they haven't gotten many women over to where they're they they help ratings, and so you know they're really into the ratings right now, and the women segments have have been losing at least the last <coughs> few weeks. So yeah, they need to build up these stronger women characters. Well, give them time to the, some of them, like Vicky Guerrero. I I, I mean. I think that was a good marriage. I, I would definitely, I, I would put her on every week. Penelope, Penelope Ford. I mean, you yes. have. Yes. And then, I mean, you have all these women in the tournament. You saw Ivelisse a, a couple of weeks ago. Oh. You haven't seen her again. Oh. What's her name? Diamante. They tag team this past week I watched. That was freaking awesome. Yeah. They're a good tag team. And who was the, God, what was her name? The Fiend. The woman Fiend. Abaddon. <laughs> Abaddon. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Still ha- hasn't been seen on Dynamite since her debut where she looked yes. awesome. Um, I almost wonder with Abaddon if, like, because I saw a lot of positive reaction on social media and then on podcasts that, that, that on, that, on that particular Dynamite. I almost wonder if they realize they have something in, in her, but they don't. But it's like, you know, it, it is like a fiend kind of thing. You can't just keep, like you, you, like, you have to protect the character. So I almost wonder if they said, we don't really have something right at this moment for her because we have all this other stuff going on. But I almost wonder if they've... I know she did a, another AEW Dark match a couple weeks ago, but I almost wonder if they've kept her off of Dynamite waiting to like build something around or waiting until something becomes available to give her a story that they can really actually push. Yeah. Yeah, and that could be. Um, backstage, I mean, after the match, Tony Giovanni asked Hikaru Shida about having a lot of challenges for her title and who she wants to face, and she said she's still waiting. Bring it on. Uh, then next, we had a backstage segment with Jake the Snake Roberts, who's with Lance Archer. Uh, Roberts was cutting a really cool promo. A random guy watched one of them, and then Archer beat the hell out of him, and then some other random guy in the back. Uh, Roberts t- started talking about them owning owning someone, and uh, anyway, Archer started yelling at uh, Jake, like uh, saying, did you do it or something like that? And Roberts said, not yet, or something to that effect. And then, Did you tell them? Did you tell them yet? Did you tell them? That's what it was. And so, what do you think? Go ahead. Finish. Sorry. Oh, so then Lance then went, ripped Jake Roberts' shirt off, ha- asked him to turn around, and Jake Roberts had Everybody Dies written on his back. What did you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> I love Lance. I want to think that's awesome, but tell me what you all thought of that. It was odd to see him ripping Jake's shirt off, but I'll say this. I do like the... <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the gimmick between the relationship between he and Jake of like you know Jake's been known to obviously be this the sadistic uh, the sadistic guy his whole career. I like the fact that even he's like we don't have to go that far. You don't have to kill this guy. You don't have to hurt all these like I like how he's trying to like actually control Lance and try to tame him in but Lance you know like I mean that's or make Lance I, look crazier than him. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. It's like a point. kimchi and Kamala kind of thing or uh, slick and Kamala trying to tame the <laughs> tame the beast. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Um, so AEW won't be airing uh, next Wednesday night. They'll be on next Saturday, also next Saturday, NXT TakeOver 30, and we'll be back here with the Wrestling Inc. podcast that night. Uh, up next, we had our main event, Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. Uh, if Jericho won, Orange Cassidy would have to pay $7,000 uh, for Jericho's jacket, which I, have you guys noticed his jacket is like five times more orange than Always. <laughs> There's definitely an inside rib on this. Yes. Every week it's way more orangey. I mean, this week there's like not a spot you could find that didn't have orange on it. <laughs> no, anyway, um so they had they had a, they had a good match. I wouldn't say it was as good as their last one, but uh but it was a fine match uh towards the finish they had uh Mike Kyoto the inner circle came out to interfere. Mike Kyoto was looking out, and Jake Hager ran from around the ring and planted Orange Cassidy down on the mat. Jericho went for the cover, but as you know in wrestling today, that means a two count. Um, Orange Cassidy got up. 
Uh, Jericho hit, hit a cheap low blow. Uh, what what happened at this end? Oh, at, uh, Jericho went for the Judas effect, and Cassidy, uh, and Jericho missed. Cassidy hit a mousetrap pin for the win. So Orange Cassidy got the win via pinfall. So, and it, that, those last, I mean, it looked like they were going to that finish. Like they they realized they were going over because they they rushed that roll up at the end. They did. I, I just again don't. I don't know how to explain it. You know, I said all I wanted to say about this match in the beginning. Cause I don't want to. I like Orange Cassidy. I don't like crapping on him. It's nothing against him. It's just I don't. Even the cross body, like he just did a plain Jane cross body off the top rope. Did, did you see that? Like toward the end, I'm like, that's in your main event. We have all these guys on AEW that could do triple Lindy, quadruple salts. Off the top, and like I'm watching, it's a boring ass cross body of a guy 150 pounds mm-hmm. getting knocking down a 220 pound guy. Like, like it's just, just so un. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Raj, to to the point of because uh, I mean, obviously the roll up looked really struggling and, and botched, and to the point of them rushing, look like they're running out of time. Where do we know were they yes. were they as a hundred were they 100 percent live real time or were they like did like they start taping this like maybe like. 15 minutes before eight, like, like they, did they have any wiggle room of, of, of editing or were they truly ending that match at nine fifty nine Eastern time? I believe this was live. Um, I could be, I could be mistaken, but I think, well, I know tonight was being like, I know what happened right. it tonight. Was, it, it was, was today, tonight, but I'm saying tonight. like, did they give themselves like a, you know, a little bit of pad is essentially. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Kazarian X with the $5 super chat saying you couldn't watch AEW tonight as it didn't air on TNT. Didn't air on TNT, but love the pod, and I love the Io Shirai promo tonight. Maybe. What does he mean he couldn't watch it? I don't know. He was maybe busy. Not on, maybe not on the TNT app. I don't know. Not sure. Uh, Justin Lopez with the five dollars super chat saying, "I got a feeling we're going to see a rubber match at All Out because I don't know where you go with these guys cl- this close to the pay per view." That's a good call because there's yeah. no natural program for him. Well, and there's still the Tyson stuff that's dangling out there. They they did all that work to like set up. Jericho and Tyson for something, so I figured it'd be for all. I um, forgot all about Tyson. Yeah, but Tyson's fighting. Uh, who is it? Roy Jones. Roy, Roy, Roy Jones Jr. So I don't. I don't think he's going to do anything with AEW until that's done. At mm. least, uh, at least not physical. Uh, Ski eighty seven saying he likes the title being built up, and he thinks Darby will beat Cody for it. Maybe not physical, but could you imagine Tyson just in Orange Cassidy's corner? Tyson's a new best friend. Could you imagine Mike Tyson staying next to Orange Cassidy? Not to do anything physical. He can literally do what he did at Mania 14. He can come in and deliver one one punch, and that'd be that. Right. And Tyson Roy Jones, let me pull that up here. That was supposed to be, I believe, it's scheduled now for November 28th. It was supposed to take place, I believe, in October, or was it September? Maybe yeah, they wait. September 12th. Maybe they wait and use Tyson closer to that September twelfth. Uh, well, actually, well, I mean, maybe they wait and do it closer to the actual date to do the crossover promotion. I mean, yeah, and they got AEW will have their full gear, full gear pay per view that month. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Oh, because uh, next pointing out that the Book of Eli and Mad Max showed on TNT in Houston. That's weird. Why? Wow. Uh, huh. huh? I've never heard of that. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, Justin, you want to take over NXT? Yeah, let's go. Go ahead, drive, Justin. I'm going to drive. Scoot over, Raj. All right, well, we open, we open it up uh, open it up with what they promoted it was going to be, which I was psyched for, carrying Cross, coming out with Scarlet, did their normal entrance. Uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, Tim versus Danny Birch, and this is exactly what it needed to be. Danny Birch, you know, trying to, trying to keep coming at him, but carrying Cross, keep shutting him down. Uh, <coughs> eventually, it's all too much uh, for Birch. Cross gets the win again, as he should, uh, with the uh, cross jackets uh, choke. But the real thing, and this this is one of the you know, I must see if you didn't watch NXT after the match. Um, Keith Lee comes out, and Keith Lee's coming, looking like he uh, means business. Scarlett and Carrie and Cross got outside the ring. Keith Lee cuts an awesome promo, one of the best fired up promos. That's like my one knock with him is not as fired up on promos. Fired up promo has a contract. Wants Carrie Cross to get his name on there. Throws the contract down. Scarlett grabs it. Cross signs it, then Scarlet brings it back. This is very slow, and they're unfolding this drama with tight camera shots. Scarlet kisses the contract and slides it back to Keith. And then Keith picks it up and goes to open so he can verify it. Fireball comes out. Keith, uh, Keith's eyes, face all burned up. I mean, this is, this is the most exciting contract signing ever. That was freaking awesome is what that was. Awesome. All around awesome. 
that was creative, unique, you know, with contract signings, we've seen it all, but this is going to stand out because I can't remember the last time you saw a fireball in, in wrestling on, in, on a big Dark scale, like WWE or it's been botched the last few times people have done it. Actually, it's been right, the, like that was Hogan and the warrior. Yeah. Yeah. This is perfect. I did not see that coming. That's for damn sure. Yeah, no, it was really effective. I thought uh, I thought this was one of the best co- contract signing in years. So and, Keith, and he's right. Keith's promo was awesome. It, 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 this is where it's benefit for the the thing I couldn't do in my promos, which was talk in that lower voice that like Keith Lee talks in for so many months. So now when he's in fifth gear and he's finally has something to be pissed about, we all know what Keith Lee now looks like when he gets pissed off over something. Finally. Yeah. This is a good, that's a good thing. These are two weeks in a row we saw him kind of in fifth gear with his promos, which is great. Intense. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so real, quick, now, uh, real quick, a couple of super chats. Arian Gomez saying they need to make the orange uh, Jericho match be no DQ. I mean, I, I, I guess I, I don't really want to see it, but really I don't no want to see it. Make- why are you, Arian, why do you want to see it? Like, seriously, like, I think Orange Cassidy's hilarious. I do. I just don't. And what do you mean no DQ? They don't call DQs in AEW. Right. Yeah. They, really well, they, they have had no DQ matches, but it's it's. He, he I mean, when you don't see, do DQs, what's the point? He wants to see hardcore Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Um, Tina Miller has a beef with you, Matt. She says uh, you said that Keith Lee uses too many big words, and why do big guys have to talk like goons? He's he's got a beast from X Men thing going uh, on. Oh, buckle up, Tina Miller. Buckle up, friend. <laughs> So, your boy here graduated college magna cum laude. That's not what I said. Vince McMahon, I don't know, maybe you heard of him, the owner of WWE, told the creative team that I, me, Matt Morgan, uses too many big words. And I remember telling Vince, that makes no sense. I graduated again. Communication started my class. Like, that's kind of my thing. It's my strength. That's how I talk. It's natural. And uh, you tell us to be natural, sir. That's me being natural. Sorry, I'm using $50 words. I'm not trying to use $50 words. This is how I talk. Um, And that's when I was literally all but told to dummy it down. So what I said with Keith Lee was Vince and WWE, if you go back and listen to it properly, um, will not that there's perception is reality. And I see it when I was there. I used to get so pissed off when they used to tell me this. And Paul Heyman stepped in and was like, well, you know what? Why not have Matt be like the first thinking man's giant, if you will, right? Like, what's wrong with that? Paul was on par with it, but nobody else wasn't creative. They wanted you to be crapping thunder and spitting lightning, whatever the saying is, right? And they wanted you to do the fee five fo fa mom big, fat, slow, and dumb giant promo crap that's played out and it was played out back when I was there too. And so what I said was with Keith Lee, that the words he's using and how he talks, the dude looks like he's ready to read poetry. That's not an insult, my friend. That's a compliment. The dude is a very well-spoken young man. But for WWE, if you watched where he was in his intensity tonight, it's my argument right there in a capsule. Keith Lee was a main event promo. Not because of the words, because of the intensity. Very big difference between the two. Man, I would have loved if they actually let you be the thinking man's giant and you could use like a, a big word in a promo and go, that's a 30 point Scrabble word. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so we're moving on. So, so this was kind of a nice touch that they do. So they go, NXT tries to go into the next match, which is Drake Maverick versus Killian Dane. But what they do is they split screen and they have the match in what's taking place in the ring happening. But on the other screen, they follow Keith Lee. They never cut away. They did it like a, as a one-take shot. They followed Keith Lee, who's fighting off medical help. The, you know, he's selling the, the the burn of the of the of the fire, and they follow him all through the arena. And this was really really good because I mean, this does again. It, they don't often do it, um, but we see this. And, and Matt, I think like this is this was just a great way to really like do something different to really sell the severity of what just happened here with this with this unique angle. Money. This this was literally the definition of. A money angle. Yeah, and I'm glad they did it because there was a couple months ago. Remember, Keith Lee got poked in the eyes with keys, and then he was fine like a couple minutes later. So it just took out all the effectiveness from it. So uh, yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely agree. It definitely made it feel like a big deal. 
you know, we talked about Cody and Brody earlier, like, you know, who's going to win, who's going to lose. Cross and Keith Lee, man. I mean, you can't, like, talk about a decision of booking, of having to get creative here. It has to be Keith Lee getting called up. You know, as much as I've been finding uh, AEW Dynamite to be the most entertaining show uh, in this COVID era, usually week after week, the two best-built matches right now are, I think, are Keith Lee and Karrion Cross and Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. Karrion Cross, Keith Lee, yeah. Okay. Orton and Drew, especially after last uh, week. What about FTR week. Box? What about FTR Box? Eh. It, it's been watered down. We'll see where they go from here, but by having Take them team back. together and they lost and I don't know. Okay, I don't like them teaming together either. I agree with that part. Yeah, like they're, they would ever be friends. FTR has been doing shoot promos that they want to take the Young Bucks' heads off for disrespecting them. Right. So, like, yeah, they wouldn't be hanging out. But still. Yeah. And they had a development tonight, so we'll see. So uh, they eventually cut away from Keith Lee. Uh, He's going to go to a medical facility, as it uh, would be called. Uh, So we get uh, Drake versus Killing Dane. Uh, This match going on, but as this match is going on, we cut away to the parking lot. Undisputed Era shows up. And then uh, you know, a minute or so later, they've made it to the ring. They just completely come in, hijack this match, beat up uh, both Killing Dane and Drake Maverick, and then Adam Cole, who's all fired up off of what happened uh, to him from Pat McAfee the week prior, cuts a promo McAfee. Basically, you know, supposedly Pat McAfee's coming here next week. If he comes here, I'm going to tell him to his face that I'm going to whoop his ass because these two are going to have a match uh, at TakeOver a week from Saturday. Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to talk crap to your face. <laughs> I like that they're trying to add a little feel of reality to it, like by doing it on the podcast, and and then yes, that part's cool. But I, for whatever, there's something lacking in this that I don't care. That the non-wrestler and a kicker in the NFL, no less, dwarfs, dwarfs. Adam Cole, I don't yeah. like that. I don't think that's a good look. Yeah. Got to protect. They got, I wish they would protect him better. No. The argument is Matt. Come on, the dude's like on a national platform now. I would argue, is he really? Is that show <laughs> that he was on really? It wasn't Sports Center, folks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't I, really get that much play, uh, you know, outside of the internet. Like if you're watching, you know, a Sports Center. Like, or anything. It made him look like a jerk, which I don't like because I like Adam Cole. You know, <laughs> I was like, oh, they should reverse this. Um, I don't know. I usually like this kind of stuff, the crossover stuff. Yeah. I usually mark out for it. But uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It's different. So we'd be applauding it for being different, uh, maybe. I don't know. It kind of feels like Adam Cole's a kind of a, he's a little bit of a stuck position because, you know, there's nothing, you know, he was champion in NXT for so long. So there's not, you know, he's not going to go fight for the North American title. There's no other title to do. But at the same point, there's not a spot for him at the moment to go to Raw or SmackDown. Like, there's no like it would be a force feed if you try to just plop him in someplace. And he's too good of a talent just to force feed. So it's kind of like Triple H still has him in NXT, which is yay. It's like, all right, what do we do? Well, let's just let's do the cross pro- promotional thing. Right. And you know, I mean, that's kind of what it feels like because there's nothing else for him. There's nowhere else for him to go at this very moment until they get through SummerSlam and can reset some storylines on Raw and SmackDown. And there is talk of them doing a draft in October. So. Ugh. Uh, real quick, Raven Johnson with the $2 super chat saying, Scarlet really is a hot item. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Justin Lopez uh, saying, if Lee drops it, it'll keep him looking strong since he'll be at a disadvantage. Uh, if they, uh, wait, because what? he was blinded. So if he loses to Karrion Cross because he's still kind of blinded. Uh, uh, I it, it depends how they play it. Like, he's coming out with an eye patch. I feel like they've already done the eye patch recently, but no eye patch, please no eye patch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so moving on. So next up, we get uh, we we see the flashback from last week of how uh, Santos Escobar and crew have been uh, attacking people in the parking lot. How they did so with uh, Breeze and Dango. Um, early, early, like they got Fandango, Fandango last week. Uh, so this week we're getting Santos Escobar in a match versus Tyler Breeze. Uh, of course, they're selling that we haven't seen Fandango since. So where is he? Um, you know, a good a good match back and forth. Basically, it gets down to the point of where it looks like uh, Breeze is uh, going to get the win here. He's got the, uh, uh, the the supermodel kick, gets ready to go for the pin, but then we see uh, Mendoza and Joaquin Wild run out, uh, cuts him off, uh, and eventually Escobar uh, hits the Phantom Driver and gets the pin. So Santos Escobar and crew standing tall here as uh, Tyler Breeze looks like he's in a, a regular now-featured NXT feud, which I'm, I'll never complain about that. 
Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Breezango, Breezango, they don't do anything for me at this point. And uh, I don't know, man. Tyler Breeze, he, he needs a heel turn. He needs something because he's just been, I don't know, he's just been stuck for so long. Fandango, too. I, I don't like that they changed his character from day one. I thought it was fine the way it was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of wonder. They. You know, they had a, he had a unique entrance with a selfie stick and it being up on the Titan Tron. It was different. Yeah. I, I liked it. Uh, Tina wants to clear something up. <laughs> uh, she's saying she she spent more to say that she misheard. She There you go. Don't spend more. No. I hate <laughs> when you guys do that. Tina, just tweet me. No. I feel good when you guys do this. Uh, I like more dynamic to the bigger guys. I hate the Gur so, beat me up. Gur crap. Lee is fresh air to me. You can steal this from me. It's called Fee Fi Fo Fum I'm Big Fat Slow and Dumb. You can steal it from me. That is what they want everyone to do. And it's Vince thinks you need to wrestle how you look, is how he used to say it to me. You look like this, but then when you talk, you're like an English teacher. Okay, (laughs) we'll make it work. That's not my fault. That's your creative team. Make that work. You know what I mean? So there is a saying about working. You know what I mean? Talking like you work to a degree or talking like you look, you know? And so this is an example of where Keith Lee hit today of the crescendo that, God, I hate the small camera. This crescendo, I'm trying to do a crescendo you can't see with the stupid camera uh, with my fingers, of him building to Hulk. He's been great. He's done a great job of being Bruce Banner, right? In the last two weeks, that boy has been incredibly intense. And I want to watch. I, I've always, we've always wanted to watch him, but now I really want to watch him because I want to see an unleashed Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross. That is a WrestleMania, my opinion, money feud. You know what I mean by that? And they've done a good job of building him there, and it's because they've done a very good job of being patient with Keith Lee, letting him be himself, talk like the way he normally talks. But I'm telling you right now, if Keith Lee was in WWE when I was there, they would never let that fly in how he talks. No way. Can't you get dumber or like something? That's what it felt like. It was insane what I was being told. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Marchicelli saying, is Adam Cole like a young HBK? How about H- Triple H versus Adam Cole? Okay. I, I, I would take that. You guys want to take that? I would take Adam Cole versus HBK. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, HBK, yeah. He didn't it's look that size, great right? last time. I mean, Adam Cole would look really small next to Triple H. Yes, but not. That's why I say HBK instead. Yeah, um, right. he, he, I don't know what it is, but you're right. It's not just that he's short; he's super skinny. Yeah. Like, did you not notice that? Like when he's standing next, like when he was on that podcast or that show with the kicker. What's the name of it? Um, whatever it was, when he went bananas and started breaking everything and cutting a heel promo on him. Yeah. Like he stood up a tough guy, and I'm like, everyone in this room, including the guy with the headsets, bigger than him. Yeah. And by by no means do I think you have to be a giant to make no. it. I just know that Vince has a certain criteria, and you but have to like work thirty different, either, t- thirty times harder. What's that? Finn Balor is not a skyscraper, but yeah. look at him; he shredded. Like I, I don't. Know. Whatever. We gotta stop trying to pretend to be super delicate about this. I'm sorry. I, if I, my pro wrestlers, I want them to look like they can kick somebody's ass. I don't want them looking like my neighbor. I could pay money to watch my neighbor every day cut his lawn. You know, that's fantastic. I like how you're looking over at where your neighbor's house is. <laughs> Making sure Jeff, they can't hear. His name, his name is Jeff. That's my buddy. I like it. Hey, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, come here. Let me show the resemblance between you and Adam Cole. He's not out. I was hoping he was. Um, but for real, do you know what I mean? Like, and Adam's an amazing wrestler. So there's the difference of what my neighbor can't do in the ring, right? But, I mean, physically speaking, I'm a mark for that. I want now, I'm not saying ultimate warrior size. I'm just saying, like, again, Finn Balor. Finn Balor. But what, that look. Know, but what, and I know what you mean. And I usually like the bigger, bigger, hey, this looks like somebody walking to an airport, this person stands out. But I will say, you know, what Adam Cole might lack in not having the abs that a Finn Balor has, Adam Cole certainly makes up with the charisma. And so if he's allowed to exude that charisma, that does make him feel yeah. a little bit larger. But, uh, but yeah, when you just do the eye tests, I mean, there is a, 
Yeah, I think it would just be like a CM Punk, Daniel Bryan situation where it, it would just take a while, where you you have to over overproduce in a lot of ways and uh, and over uh, uh, go above expectations. So when but he stood up, when, we, when he went blinkers on that show, right? Mm-hmm. That's when I I kind of noticed it. It never really stood out to me until I saw again, like the yeah. key grip or whatever the guy's role on the show with the headset. Mm-hmm. who has colitis or whatever they said, came up to him. Um, he was bigger than him. And it's like, I'm like, nobody would sell for this guy going bonkers right now. Everyone in this room could kick his ass. And that's and that, and that when you see that, Matt, that's what makes you then appreciate Adam Cole as a leader of Undisputed Era because he stands next to a bunch of other guys that he is either the same size or bigger than. <laughs> yeah. That's and, that, and that's why I think the other uh, the other guys in the Undisputed Era, they're screwed on the main roster. They're, they're, yes, they they're good Except to stay for, in NXT. O'Reilly wrestling different does help him. His style's different. But, again, it's that the first three seconds, there's a test that we always had in re- WWE. It is the first 2.5 to 3 seconds of you coming out uh, in your entrance that you have. It's going to make or break you, they always said. Um People give you that first opportunity of how you walk down to the ring first. Then what kind of wrestler you are second. Um, nowadays, people want to see what kind of wrestler you are. I agree. But uh, that eye test, a lot of these, like O'Reilly and them, don't pass it. Yeah. All right, pick it back up. Uh, one thing I didn't mention, though, Isaiah Swerve Scott did come out. He helped fight off eventually uh, Legato oh. Del Fantasma. Uh, so that was how the uh, heels awesome. got out of the ring. Yeah. Sure. Thank God uh, you fixed that. Thank God you fixed that. I wasn't going to be able to go to sleep tonight until you fixed that. Matt, I would get roasted <laughs> would if I didn't be hearing about it all week. I didn't mention that Isaiah Swerve Scott came out. Uh, open right. your own shows. How about that? <laughs> Sorry. All right, we get video package for Dakota Kai versus uh, Io Shirai at TakeOver. Um, so we get that one there. Uh, Kai says the captain will become the new champion at TakeOver. Uh, we also get a vignette for Ridge Holland. They're really hyping up Ridge Holland. Uh, we, we did see him last week. Um, but he's, you know, he's a guy from the NXT UK. They're really kind of, there's a lot of, a lot of chatter. Maybe Raj can expand on it that, uh, some people feel that he might be one of the next big projects for the main roster. Yeah. He has a good look. Um, he hasn't been on NXT UK that much, uh, that I've seen, but, uh, yeah, he has, he has a good look and he's someone to keep your eye out on. Uh, this is where for me NXT starts just to fall off. I started really losing some interest, but this is the last really positive thing that I enjoyed at the moment was uh, Indy Hartwell is in the ring. She's gonna have a, a match, and it's gonna be against Mia Yim. Indy's in the ring. We then cut to Mia Yim. Mia Yim, of course, significant other of Keith Lee. Mia gets caught up with she's still kind of putting her gear on real fast. Uh, I was talking to the interviewer. You know, she was just with Keith at the medical facility and gives the update on him. I like this. It's a nice touch. I mean, the, you know, I, I am good consistency to continue to sell Keith Lee. Good transition. Very good transition. Yeah. yeah, I liked it. I agree. Uh, so we got a match here between these two, um, back and forth. Uh, and, and, and the one thing I like about that, because what they always do is wait until after a segment and then go, and it just doesn't feel organic. But when they do it this way, where they cut away, and it, back in WCW, they used to always do that, where they cut, cut away from a boring match and, you know, the NWO is arriving or, you know, something's happening backstage, and it just made it feel more real. Yeah, so uh, this is a back and forth. Indy got some stuff in here, uh, but ultimately, um, after uh, after some drop kicks and missed kicks, uh, and ultimately Mia Yim gets the uh, victory via submission, uh, gets Hartwell to tap. I was kind of surprised in this that I thought this would be kind of an open open shot for at least Scarlett to come out and do something dastardly to Mia. To Mia. Me too. I thought so too. Raj? Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no real thoughts. <laughs> okay. Raj, no, Raj, no real thoughts, Gary. <laughs> it was it was there. <laughs> it was there as it were. Yes. See what I did there? <laughs> Combine two of their catchphrases. <laughs> All right. Uh, we see Finn Balor in the video. Uh, he's hyping up the triple threat tonight between Kushida, Cameron Grimes, and the mystery participant. Uh, Baylor, of course, has his eyes on winning the North America title at TakeOver. We get a Bronson Reed package. Uh, or we see him backstage, excuse me, getting ready because up next is his match versus uh, Damian Priest. Uh, so this one here, uh, going at it, uh, both of these guys are going to be involved in the ladder match next week. Uh, again, this is a really, this is a really good match. I, I said earlier that NXT started to trail off, but I, I, I forgot this. This was an enjoyable one, back and forth. Uh, surprisingly to me, Bronson Reed, but I guess you need because you're building all these guys up. Bronson Reed gets the vic- gets the uh, victory here uh, clean. Um, 
uh, he, he avoids Priest's The Reckoning and then turns it into a jackknife pin for the win. So uh, Priest was up last week. Bronson Regis uh, want this week. So they're certainly trying to make all these guys look viable in this five-way ladder match next week. Yeah, it was there. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of with you, Justin. I was kind of tra- uh, starting to trail off on NXT and was paying more attention to AEW at this point. Um, I mean, I, I like Damian Priest, Bronson Reed. He just doesn't do it for me yet. Um, he's got good size and everything, but he looks like so many other guys we've seen, like uh, Bull Dempsey and, and uh, yeah. Killian Dane and, you know, and the Elk. And, uh, you know, just big, messy guy, long hair and a beard. And um, what's all this cool stuff we got at the bottom of our screen here now? Yeah, you like it? I do. It's very cool looking. When did that start? It's a little bedazzled. 59 <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> I like yeah, it. 59 minutes ago. 59 minutes ago. <laughs> Don't you watch the program, son? Hey, what was it? Jim Ross killed Jim uh, John Morrison with. Right, Don't yeah. Don't you watch the product? When John yeah, and, Morrison and then Morrison the went and did the, the backspin right after he said that. Yes, he was working them. He was working them. Yeah, or they cut away and they're like, "Hey, man, you got to act like you know what the show is." So <laughs> go go do a backspin. Yeah, he was asked to do a spin a Rooney. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this next one's a uh, it was a women's tag match. I'll have to be honest. This this one was hard for me to keep up with because I was so embedded on. I think the the FTR Buck segment was going on on this one, so I'll have yes. to probably I have to go back and watch it to give it a full um, full one. But it was Casey. Catanzaro and Caden, Caden Carter up against Aaliyah and Mercedes Martinez. Of course, Aaliyah and Mercedes Martinez are with the Robert Stone brand. Uh, ultimately here, um, uh, Mercedes Martinez and Aaliyah get the win. Uh, uh, Martinez uh, with the uh, hitting the air raid for the pin here. So Robert this Stone was, brand, good. This was good. Mercedes, I thought, needed this win. This was fine. I was good with this. Yeah, yeah, and I, I liked how they were trying to uh, recruit Casey Catanzaro at the beginning. I think she is she's another one. Like she's she's small, but she she can do some super cool stuff and I think she's going to be she's, she's going to be something special. I think they're going to change her name. And we, we were tweeting about this uh Justin, I don't see it'll Vince be KC. It'll be the initials KC. Right, it'll just be KC or just Casey. But yeah. Um yeah, <laughs> what I like about her is I don't I don't think she did. I, again, I, I she did. I think she's the one that does that entrance where she goes around to the ring post and scales up the ring post. Isn't yeah. that her? Yeah, I and she to... she did that at the Royal Rumble, right, where she was being eliminated. She did a, some spot like that. Yeah, where she did something just crazy Cause freaky. Because she, she's American Ninja Warrior. That's what her fame is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, after this match, though, Rhea Ripley uh, her music hits and she comes out and um, basically are setting up for now. Rhea Ripley looks like her and Mercedes Martinez. That's that's what the big push oh. is going to be for that. She's cool. That's a cool match. It is. And what sucks is Mercedes needs that. Lee Ripley can't lose, but by the, again, but by the same token, neither can Mercedes. She just started. She just right. started getting this, this, this momentum on top of it. So, yeah, but I think since Mercedes is in this little group now, she has, and you can have Robbie kind of be the, the, Foil. The fall guy, the foil. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's more important for Rhea. I mean, Rhea, Rhea. I mean, look, not to be ageist here, but Mercedes is like 38, 39 years old. I think she's there long term to be like a trainer, to be a veteran at the PC. Rhea's twenty three. Rhea's Rhea's your long term investment. I think she needs to get the victory into this. I hope WWE got that memo. Because I agree, but they keep screwing Rhea. Exactly. I I thought at the last pay per view, at the last takeover, that. You know, Rhea beating Charlotte or EO be- beating Charlotte for, was a no-brainer, and, and for sure they yeah. had EO beating uh, Rhea. So made no uh, sense. Yeah, they keep dropping the ball on her. They do. So then we go to a very interesting uh, video of at home with Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. Uh, LeRae's LeRae's giving or is reading like a scary story to the dog, like Gargano's on a ladder trying to fix a light bulb. Um, and yeah, like it started whole, like she was cutting a scary promo, right? Yeah, and Gargano, and then Gargano starts cutting a scary promo, and basically just, just putting down Priest, Reed, all the other all the other competitors in the North American title match. Um, I didn't really know how to describe this other than just I guess watch it. It's, it was like a mix of like a horror, like like on one hand they're like the white bread happy couple in suburban home, and then they're it was they switched to horror. I'm not sure, but. Uh, get, making sure we're here from all the competitors that are going to be in this match. 
Uh, we get a Timoth- another Timothy Thatcher training session where he does more of his catch as catch can and makes these guys uh, clean. Yeah, basically, he's trying to be like Stu Hart. Uh, um, so there's that. Uh, we hype up Pat McAfee and Adam Cole face off next week uh, at, uh, on NXT, uh, NXT on Wednesday night. Uh, Keith Lee update. Um, uh, basically said that Karrion Cross is going to be a dead man. That's what we're hearing from Vic Joseph on the commentary. And go to WWE.com for an update. And then we go to our main event, which is uh, we know it's going to be Kushida versus Cameron Grimes versus a mystery opponent to get in and qualify for the title match, the ladder match at TakeOver. And that mystery opponent is the Velveteen Dream. So, uh, Raj, when was the last time you saw Dream? Was it the outdoor match with Adam Cole? Uh, yeah, he was, on, uh, he was on a backstage segment the week after. But that was it. So, um yeah, there were some with the Me Too stuff. There were some allegations against him. Uh, we had reached out to WWE. They provided no comment, which uh, on a lot of the other guys they did. Uh, apparently, whatever happened was sorted out. I don't know, um, but uh, yeah, he's back. So uh, yeah, uh, Dream back, and uh, I mean, again, this is a, a fun little match here. But the, the point of it, what gets to the end here, is we actually get Kushida, who's got. Uh, has got a submission hold on on uh, Dream. Excuse me. Grimes comes in, basically breaks it up, um, uh, pushes Dream outside, and, and, and comes in and, and knocks out uh, Kushida and gets the victory here. So Cameron Grimes has qualified. He's going to be in the five way ladder match for the North American title. So are you a little surprised, Raj? They'd have Dream come back to be the surprise guy, but have him lose, and then what we see afterwards is Dream goes banana and just it goes unhinged, and that's how we go off the air. And then Finn Balor came out, so it's going to be Dream, Dream versus Finn Balor, and the winner of that gets put in gets put in that match in that second chance thing. Um, I was a little surprised. Uh, Cameron Grimes, they are filling this matchup with know, just people I don't care about. Uh, you know, no yes. offense. Yes, you're right. No, you're right. Matt has you had a long day. <laughs> you should feel that way. Yeah. All right, so that was NXT, folks. Um, better show tonight, Matt Morgan. AEW. Rush. I thought uh, I thought NXT had the strongest segment with the uh, the carrying cross stuff, but AEW overall as the overall show I, I thought was better. I would agree. NXT had the strong that opener was 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 killer, but uh, yeah, I think I think overall AEW should be able to pack more in to their two hours, so they probably will get the victory here. Well, mention to see they did nine hundred one thousand last week. If they can top that, um, yeah, I think they will. Speaking we'll of viewership. Speaking of viewership, Raj, uh, Raw went up uh, again, second week in a row with an increase. Yeah, it went up slightly. Um, let's see here. <laughs> like point six percent, right? Yeah, it was. It was like seven thousand viewers. But the the bad part was their eighteen to forty nine <laughs> rating dropped, and it did. Uh, I believe it. Yeah, it did a point four seven. Which so AEW last week's AEW beat Raw in a couple of demos, and AEW is up against NXT. We'll see how this week does, but uh, this was the third lowest uh, eighteen to forty nine number for Raw in history, even though they were they were up a little bit. So, a, a little good news uh, and and some bad news. And, oh, and one more thing, apparently SummerSlam will not be at the Performance Center, so they have found a location. It's not going to be in front of fans, so it's not, it, and it doesn't appear like it's going to be in Atlantic City. It's going to be somewhere in Florida. Maybe a boat. They had been talking about it. The tagline is "You're never going to see it coming." So maybe it has something to do with uh, with their location. Maybe it's going to be a pay per view completely in the dark, and we never see it. <laughs> I think hear. we I just think hear it. it. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be uh, in the front yard of Jeff in Longwood, Florida. Um, that's that's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, folks. Uh, thank you. Follow. Follow everybody here Jeff on social media. That. Take it back. Jeff didn't deserve that. <laughs> no, Jeff deserved that. <laughs> Jeff's You're getting a There's your carny talk, Morgan. Angry, angry note tomorrow. All right. Jeff. <laughs> follow everybody on social media. Make sure you follow Wrestling Inc. for all your updates every day. We'll be back Friday night uh, after SmackDown. I will not be, but uh, th- some three people will be. Smoke them if you got them. Thanks, everybody. We're done. <laughs>